It doesn't matter what you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Who you know. Yeah, those connections. Yeah, what's your name? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't even know. I just know you, right? I just know you. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> Welcome to the wardrobe. This is the Who You Know podcast. I'm Ryland Deemer, and, and this is. And I'm Elisa Wildy. And we are your co-hosts. Um, this is our first episode. We are really flying by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> we set up the studio last night. I feel very proud of it, actually. I really well. I love the backdrop we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we picked out the clothes that are on our racks here. Yes. Um, I'm hoping today's episode doesn't feel too disorganized. I, because the, the way that we set it up to, to show her on the sausage making process is uh, we decided to do a blind first episode, meaning Elisa and I haven't discussed in advance what we're going to talk about with each other, but it's all under the framework of trying to um, get to know each other better on the podcast as well as getting the audience to understand us better before we get to the point where we're inviting guests on. Yep. Yeah, because that's so. our that's our future goal, hopefully, yeah. to get people on our podcast. Yeah, hopefully this is <laughs> at least good enough to to have our future podcast guests not back out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a good podcast for people to come want to talk to us. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I guess... Maybe we'll talk about the podcast first. So Who You Know podcast, which is maybe you're guessing. Uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So let's talk about what we know first so that we can tell everyone why it's not important. Um, <laughs> so uh, Elisa and I are both actuaries. And so we're, we're coming at life from a unique perspective. And I, I suspect most of the people watching this are not actuaries. There won't be once we're famous enough that this gets shared around. Um, but actuaries are, you know, we're, we're mathematicians. Uh, we quantify risk. We also study sociology and psychology, um, logical biases, things like that, to try to perfect the way that we solve problems. Yeah. Right? Um, doesn't mean we'll arrive at the same answer, but you know, at least we have a, a scientific approach to it. Guidance. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up to start is that's the lens through which, you know, a lot of these discussions might, might go. But at the end of the day, what's really important is who we know. So we want this to be about the connections that we have uh, with each other, with our guests, um, the connections that they have with other people. And so we, you know, we're approaching this as, as mathematical thinkers um, who are learning more about relationships. Yep. Yeah, I feel like mathematical thinker can turn some people away. So don't worry. 
That's who we know, not what we know. We're not going to talk math all the time. Right. Got it. <laughs> I think I need to blowtorch this thing again. Yeah, for our audio listeners, we have like a little incense thing, which you probably figured out. And it's like not doing anything. So I, I think I've blowtorched it twice already. Well, when's the last time you used this too? Do they? Been a while. Do they expire? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> if they expire, this is definitely expired. Just a little spiderweb. Nope, that's just maybe okay. Little spiderweb. Yeah. <laughs> what? I feel like it's so weird. Like this really came together so quickly, and I did. When I, well, I, I want to say another thing to to make sure that that you understand where I'm coming from. Okay. Lisa. Yep. Uh. When I, I, I thought about doing a podcast before, and, and it was always under the mindset that I would be doing it alone, and I was never really motivated to do that. And I mentioned to you that I had done some streaming, uh, uh, like video game streaming before, and how I felt like I was never quite where I wanted to be with that, because when it's just me and nobody's in chat, I had trouble keeping it going really? by myself. Uh, and then the idea kind of came into my head, oh, I should do a podcast, but I have a co-host. Yep. But I want you to understand that you're not just like a co-host. You are the only person that I thought of for, for being the co-host. And I, I honestly yes. couldn't tell you why. Um, and I thought it was interesting that after I asked you if you wanted to do a podcast, it, it was like, with your, with your response, I was immediately yeah. like, okay, cool, she's in. <laughs> I was like, me? You want me to be like on a podcast? I was just surprised at first that, like, yeah, that was the person you thought of, I guess. Just knowing who you know. Right. Well, and, um, wait, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like, why choose me over other people that you know? I feel like you know so many people, not even just around us right now. Like, you've been a lot more places than I've been, lived a lot more places, but like, um, I feel like we like we don't necessarily share the same hobbies or like mm. passions and so maybe that's why I was like surprised. Yeah. And so yeah. No, I think, that, I think that enriches it though, right? Yep. I agree. Two so, different two different perspectives, different things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um and I like, I, I appreciate it because you, you asked a lot of questions before agreeing to it, but um, <laughs> the way that you were phrasing it, uh, maybe I should, I should, you know, reread everything, but the way that you phrased it right away was kind of like under the assumption that, that you would be doing the podcast. Really? I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like the tense you were using or something. Okay. Yeah. You were like, so in immediately. Like, and, and like are we like, doing this? Are we doing that? Like, already using the we? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like, so if we did this, then how would we do that? Um, it was more like, so how are we going to do this? It was, it was just like, you were kind of like in the mindset immediately, and I was like, okay, I made the right choice. This thing is like slightly misaligned. Yeah, it's coming out a little bit. Oh, is it? Just barely. Maybe I should not touch it. It's really cool. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop. Um, yeah. I so I appreciated that, and then you said that you had 
thought or dreamed at one point of being like a radio yes host. so why aren't you why didn't you do that it doesn't make the money <laughs> probably but I think sometimes I would give like speeches or like in front of people, not necessarily a speech, like assigned to do a speech. And they always thought I was good at it. And I was like, well, I always wanted to be like on the radio doing things like that. But they're like, nah, you don't have the face for radio. <laughs> like people are like, you have oh. a face for radio, meaning like, that's like you should not negative. be in front. That's a, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, okay, yeah, but also like... Wait, so you have I think to be it's... ugly to be on the radio? <laughs> Is that how that works? Maybe it's a better field for you than on TV. <laughs> like something like that, you mm. know? Maybe like instead of a news anchor, be a radio show host. But I think the thing that attracted me first was I loved music growing up. And so like that's one of the reasons I wanted to. I didn't necessarily want a talk show necessarily but like you know hop in after songs and be like this radio station this song blah blah blah. but um so i really liked music that was the main reason but i also liked talking in front of people even though i'm actually pretty introverted i don't mind talking in front of people i might mm -hmm. get nervous at first but i don't know i like being around people also i hate being alone but along with not doing radio like I don't know if I wanted to be a communications major or something like that. And I love math, so like, right. it doesn't really fit. But I thought it would be more of a cool like side job where I always said when I retire, maybe I'll do that. But mm -hmm. yeah. You said you really liked music growing up, and I assume you still do. But um, yes. you and I had talked previously about like when you were young, at least, I don't know if this is still the case, but when you were young, you liked a lot of like religious music. Yep. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about uh, re religion and your youth and how, like the lens that you're viewing that through now? Yep. So I grew up probably like going to Sunday school and church like every we never like went every Sunday but it was with my family um and we'd go like most Sundays there'd definitely be like time periods during the year where we just didn't go for months but we went to Sunday school often um and my mom was like a Sunday school teacher and so I grew up in like a very traditional church setting too so like hymns and songs of that nature but in high school we started doing youth works mission trips and they were super fun. So like once a year for a week, we go to a different city in the US and do like, it just depends what city you go to, what they need done there. But I usually, I feel like was on the kids club. Like I worked in the kids club. So like just these people go to kids club every day. It's like a fr free, I think it's like a free like daycare type summer program for kids. And it's like we just help watch them, take care of them, have fun with them. That was the main thing <laughs> that we were there for. But then in the evenings, we have like worship times. I don't know where like we sing a lot of songs and they weren't your traditional like hymns. And so I think having those types of songs, like the Christian music that you would find on like K-Love, like those were the fun songs that I think. I don't know made me enjoy it a lot more than just sitting in a church singing hymns mm -hmm. and so that's why i got really into that music 
Um, and it was kind of like a spark every year, like every year I went on a mission trip, it kind of like relit that spark to like, listen to that type of music. Um, but yeah, so I listened to it for a long time. I feel like I got my mom really into it. And so she listens to that radio station, like solely. And yeah. I and, like usually it's like the, the parent that picks the kid into things. Yeah. But no, I feel like I might've introduced her to these fun songs that aren't just your traditional hymns, but, um, but yeah, I don't really listen to it anymore. I feel like when I went to college, I just kind of like dropped off. I mean, I think later in high school, it probably, I probably didn't listen to Christian music as much, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of reasons maybe what, like, like just time and things I was doing in my own life that made me stop listening. I don't know. And other other artists I started to like were on different radio stations or something, but Right. I could start to keep listening to Christian Rock when you've got Cardi B. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um now is that uh, you know I, I think that like the kinds of music you like, you know, religious or not, doesn't necessarily say anything about like what you think is the true reality or meta-reality or however you want to say it. Yep. Um, do you think of yourself as a religious person? Do you think of yourself as a believer? I think I'm questioning more. Okay. I feel like I would say that I'm a Christian and I like would still I would attend church with someone if they asked me to, maybe. I, I haven't done it on my own in a really long time, but um, I don't know. I feel like I would want to study what I think more, if that makes sense. I want to, like, I need to question myself more to, like, really figure out what I think, because yeah. I'm not sure. It's kind of where I sit. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what I believe. <laughs> but uh, do you... I think about this so much um, because I, I really, like, I know what I think, but I don't know what I believe. And I don't think anyone can really know to any, any significant degree, like what they actually believe. It's, it's like really easy for me to think, you know, I, I don't think there is a deity, but, you know, there's part of me that really hopes for it. So what does mm -hmm. that mean in terms of belief? Like, right. does that make me a believer or not? I don't know how to, how to parse that out. Uh, I am a really spiritual person. Again, I, I feel like that's like a rabbit hole we could go down. But, yeah. um, as far as religious, I don't go to church often, but I do uh, mm -hmm. occasionally. Um, and I, I guess I can walk through some of this. So I uh, I grew up Lutheran okay. in the ELCA Synod of the Lutheran Church. And for those who don't know, me. <laughs> um, uh, ELCA Lutheranism is the progressive branch. Okay. Right. So uh, they they allow gay pastorship, for instance. They, um, you, you know, they're they're supportive of uh, LGBTQ rights. Um, 
et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're progressive. I really like that. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're not, they're not contemporary. So it's an interesting yes. mix, right? They, they don't, they don't have like the, the Christian rock and stuff, which, uh, I've never really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, even though I've like been to concerts and stuff, I, I prefer the hymns. I prefer the old ways. Yep. Uh, I like the liturgy, which is, again, for those who aren't familiar, liturgy is just kind of a structure to the, the church service. Um, that almost tells a story, or it does tell a story. Mm -hmm. like, like, it is the story of, of Jesus Christ, like the structure of it alone. Uh -huh. So it's cool, no matter what liturgical ceremony you go to, you're getting that same story, no matter what the sermon is or isn't, there's at least like the foundation. And I really appreciate that aspect of it. But, oh, the other thing I like about Lutheranism, and the reason I, I kind of went back to it after jumping around to a lot of different religions um, in my, my youth and young adulthood, um, Lutheranism is very much not focused on sin. Like Martin Luther said, if you are to sin, sin boldly, but believe ever more boldly in the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't. But we can forget that second. If you're to sin, <laughs> sin boldly, right? So, uh, and I think that's the way we should think about it. Like, the church isn't here to, to, um, guilt people into behaving a certain way. That's never been what I think the intention mm -hmm. was, right? But that's not what, you know, the Bible, from my limited study, has ever been focused on. And to, to see, like, so many churches and religious organizations use, um, like use the Bible as, as an excuse or a, a lever that they can pull to get people to behave a certain way. It, it's disgusting, and I totally understand why, why people just want to avoid the church or, or actively speak out against it. Because so many churches are just, they're bad actors. So what I really appreciate about Lutheranism, at least the ELCA uh, denomination of it, is that they, they really focus on like the positive aspects, making the world a better place, mm -hmm. treating each other with love, and not guilting people into, you know, behaving a certain way. Yeah. And I've always thought about that. Like, if I have kids someday and we don't go to church, like, I still want them to get those, like, like, treat other people kindly, like, treat people as your neighbor or something like that. Like, I still want them to have those values. And like, when it's not like forced upon you in Sunday school, like, how can your child get that out of it? Like, out of their childhood. And so like, that's what I'm like, almost a little worried about. It's like, I can be a role model and example, hopefully, but there's not like an extra teaching on them about right. it. I, I think a lot of people think that way. I disagree. Really? Yeah, YouTuber drama. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because I, I think 
if we didn't have religion, I think we would still be able to educate each other and our youth um, on how to behave ethically, how to be moral, how to be good citizens. I don't think religion has helped. I am saying this with no data to back it up, I realize. This is my expert during speaking. But I, I don't think religion has done a lot of good, and it does organize people in a way to do good. And certainly there's a lot of great examples of that. But I think in terms of like morality and ethics, I think we can get that without religion entirely. I don't I don't think you know the lessons of of the Bible or the Quran. or the other one, uh, or, or, you know, any other uh, religious text, I don't think those are needed to have a moral, ethical society. That's what I would hope, <laughs> at least. Yeah, but, but, but I've certainly heard that sentiment that you said. Yeah. Like raising kids. And... Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> uh, sorry for everyone wearing headphones. I keep, like, tinking my ring. Um, Gotta get a can next time. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I regret the glass bottle. Well, I don't give, know. Give me, Any... some, give me some. Give me some heat here. I want. I want some questions coming at me. Questions. One thing I was wanting to talk about is like the environment. So like, um, I just feel like there's a lot of options today to like reduce waste, help the environment. Um, and so I know I struggle with laziness when it comes to some of this stuff, like recycling where I live, there's no recycling. So I have to like recycle it all myself and drive it to the recycling center. Mm -hmm. So like, that's an extra step I would have to take if someone like didn't have that as well. And so I'm, I'm like proud of myself for doing that, but I know there's like a lot of other things I could do to help the environment. I want to say, um, but do you do anything that like, I don't know, do you wish you did more? Do you, do you do things that you're proud of or like? I do a lot of things I'm not proud of. <laughs> I'm not just talking about the environment right now. Um, <laughs> um, that's a good question. I'm very much, I, I want to do what I can to help the environment. Oh, we are so bad about ordering a lot of food in, which is like a lot of container waste. Guilty of that. Um, what's nice about living here is every other week they come around and collect recycling. So at least like the the cardboard boxes that we bring in, we can we can take care of. But yeah, I you know I I think like a lot of people, I want to do good things for the environment. but struggle with putting my own um, like other needs and desires to the side long enough to do it. Right. Like when we lived in an apartment uh, here in the heartland of America, <laughs> um, we certainly weren't driving out to, oh, yeah. to recycle. That, that, that was like a level of inconvenience that I have trouble convincing myself to do. But here, like we we've got the option; it's convenient, and so we do it. Yeah. 
I was gonna, but you brought up like we don't have to drive. I thought you were gonna say like you probably lived in an area where you didn't have to drive a lot, and so that's helping the environment too, though. Less less emissions from the car, but COVID has helped with that. I don't go anywhere now <laughs> in my car, pretty much. I wish it helped my um, car insurance. But, yeah, I mean. I also grew up in a family that was, I don't know. So like my mom is like an environmental engineer. So that's like all she does all day is worry about the environment for the plant that she works for. And like, so we grew up taking like every measure, like even now at my parents' house, they have those orange bags where you can put plastic that's not recyclable in like Mm -hmm. plastic and styrofoam. So they even do that. And then my sister's like dream job is probably like help like, um, renewable energy like that's what she would love to work with she wants to be a mechanical engineer but um she would love to work with renewable energy like she wanted to move to california live in california so like i just grew up with it (laughs) like everywhere so like that's all i can think about but like now me living with dan my boyfriend (laughs) um it's a lot different like i feel like he's not as focused on like recycling as i am so like all the time i take stuff out of the trash and move it to the recycling but yeah it's been different also like living with someone who probably didn't grow up with it as much as i did yeah i i hear you on the uh the partner thing so (laughs) um like my wife just like the little little bits of education like Okay, when when you want to see if a plastic can be recycled, you have to like look at the little symbol. Yeah. If it has the number that matches what our recycling company is willing to take, then we can recycle it. But if not, then no. There's just a lot to it, and it's not simple. You know. Yeah. Even yeah. as an actuary, it's like, like it requires a level of education. that you have to like go through like i'd have to google like if i just moved here i would definitely have to google like what numbers can i recycle Mm because i have no idea or like even glass we can't recycle easily in like where we live and so but like other states they're like pay you back for the glass i mean you paid for it but Mm. (laughs) yeah not here so it makes it more difficult yeah and i also feel like too much too much of it is put on like the shoulders of us like the civilians yeah when you know there's so many hurdles to to being able to actually like treat the environment well yeah from an individual perspective and really the most damage is being done by like large corporations that Mm -hmm. are acting in a way that's not good yeah so i don't know that's not an excuse to to not um recycle and stuff but it's certainly an area that needs more work because if more work isn't done on like the corporate side, then the little bits that we are able to do or convince people to do is not going to solve any problem. True. Yeah. But yeah. You believe Just in ghosts? Kind of... Ooh. So this is weird. I don't know if I believe in ghosts. But I absolutely 100% love, love ghost shows, people talking to ghosts. And I still don't know if I believe in them, but like a part of me wants to believe there's like a spirit talking back. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just, I almost want to experience it for myself. Um, Like what those 
like people who talk to ghosts why do you experience. Want to like what? What about that is interesting or exciting? Like maybe just being able to talk to the dead or like talking to spirits that are lost. I guess I don't know if I would want to do that. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I would be a good person to do that. Just like, because like someone, someone I love to watch, they like help them cross over, for example. And so like, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. I would have to be like trained. I'm sure she's like done a lot. She t- talks to people about it, but like, I don't know if I would be that interested in doing that anyway, but like, I really enjoy watching other people try to do those things. I don't know. It, like, I think just the fact that people are able to show that makes me want to be able to do it, but not really, maybe, if I think about it more. But I also, like, don't know what to believe. I'm always still skeptical. Like, like okay, you're just using an app to talk to them. Like, the app just makes up words back, and right. they happen to fit with what you're asking it. But, and, like, the little radios that they use or whatever, like, you can... 10 people are going to hear 10 different words come out of there. So I don't know. Different people would hear different words coming out of there. Yeah. Like, well, they'll all be related. Yeah. I just mean like maybe they thought someone said the name Ben, for example, but like you could hear like Ren or like any like Ryan, like it's very unclear what word comes out and like, it's like staticky. Yeah. And like, even when they say yes or no, I feel like, it could just be part of a word that you missed cut off. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, I love watching that type of stuff. And I always have like ghost adventures, my favorite show growing up. And then now I just watch things on TikTok. but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. When I don't think ghosts are real, but when I moved into this house, it was spooky. Really? Yeah. And I think, it, I mean, maybe it's just like I'm on high mental alert because it's a new it's environment. And mm-hmm. I've never owned a house. And I don't know, maybe somebody's hiding in the attic. Who knows? <laughs> Have you been up there? No, I'm scared <laughs> of it. Um, but uh, when I moved into the house, I swear I was seeing things all the time. Like, like, like a black silhouette, kind of fuzzy, almost like a shadow, like moving across the doorway late at night. And and I would have to get up and like look around the house, be shining my flashlight everywhere, like like I swear I saw a silhouette. And I kept seeing like like a human figure like walking around but, at night. Yeah. Just like a little just like a little flash image. Brief. And and not when I'm like falling asleep and be like reading a book or whatever and then like you know. Yeah. Um and then I and I think I've told you this story before. So one night, this was a couple months after we moved in, and then you know, I've been seeing all this. One night I was asleep and I I suddenly woke up in the middle of the night, like instantly. My eyes Blew open and I saw this figure standing over the bed. And I felt like it was looking down at me and my wife and our two cats were curled up very sweetly on the bed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel scared. I just like stared at it. And I remember thinking like, it almost felt like it was me 
Because I felt like I was admiring, like, the sweet moment uh-huh. of, like, the family resting on the bed. And it felt like, I, I keep saying it felt like, because it was, it was literally just like a black shadow, and I assumed that I was just imparting emotions and thoughts onto it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was just taking the sweet moment, and then it noticed me. And as soon as it noticed me, it panicked and, like, zoomed back into the wall and then kind of melted away. And after that, I never saw any of the figures walking around anymore in the house. That's creepy to me. Isn't it weird? <laughs> I feel like I have the chills. Like, I feel like I normally get the chills, but you have told me that story before, but... Yeah. yeah, well, I, I told you the story before, but I didn't put all those pieces together. Yeah, and I don't think I remember the wall melting. Not yeah. the wall melting, but yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, I've never... But, like, do you think... It was almost like a, in your head it's dark in the room. It's like a hallucination in your head. Like, I think, doesn't... I think part of me woke up, part of me was still sleeping, yeah. and it was kind of a dream. And maybe in that one moment, I got over whatever residual stress I had after the move-in, and I was just more comfortable with the house. Yeah. I also feel like I'm kind of intimidating to ghosts or something. (laughs) (laughs) They're scared. Well, so, like, no one, you don't know if anyone died in this house before you, right? Uh, So this house has only had one prior owner. Uh, I don't know if any of them died. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think there's anything like that. Yeah. And and honestly, it, like I said, I don't think ghosts are real. To the extent there is some kind of apparition or being, I would expect it to be somehow physics or science related. Yeah. You know, like maybe there's an alien civilization and. They don't use telescopes to view us from afar. Maybe they have some way of, of, you know, holding their perception here for a brief period of time and watching us. Yeah. And to us, it looks like a shadowy figure. I think that's way more realistic, as, as far-fetched as it sounds. I, I know, think that's yeah. way more realistic than, like, a ghost, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't think, like, people dying creates some... some potential for like a spirit to come out of them and reside in that space yeah that, that just seems that seems outlandish <laughs> but alien hyper telescopes totally fine do you think you could like spend a night in like an act like people who have said like this house is haunted do you think you could spend a night there or like in a graveyard that's like extra creepy or something i don't know if graveyard's the right word cemetery i feel like, I feel like spending a night in a graveyard is kind of irreverent toward the dead. Yeah. I mean, there should be at least some respect. And I yeah. feel like popping up a tent would be... No, I agree. Yeah. gross. Uh, yeah, I just found that... That's a good podcast episode. Here we are in, in a haunted house yeah. with some of our friends to keep us safe. I would be scared, but it's like something I always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would do it. Uh, I'd be concerned that, like, it would be billed as a haunted house, but really, there's some dude named Greg, like, yeah, in the attic. I agree. Hitting, thing, hitting pipes with a hammer. Like, yep. Doing something stupid to freak us out. Yeah. 
I always imagine like the ghost shows that I'd watch though. They always like go in, like look all over the house, like what rooms they want to set up cameras in and stuff. And so I'm like, well, it looks clean. Like no one can be doing stuff in there because they mm -hmm. like went through all the rooms. But yeah, someone could show up at night <laughs> and start making noises. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I would, it would still I, I would it's still be scary. It's like a legit haunted kind of situation yep. with no external actors just playing it up. Yeah. I think I'd just be scared because they're probably like all these old houses that are not kept up super well anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that'd be exciting. So what do you want out of this podcast? I want to have fun. Okay. <laughs> um... I don't know. Eventually when we get people on, like, I love learning about new people. So I guess like some people might be people I know, so I already know about them, but like new people that I don't know as much, that's what I would be super excited for. Um, I'd probably figure out, find stuff out about myself a little bit, like just yeah. talking about that uh, makes me think, I don't know. Mostly have fun. I'm really excited. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm already having fun. I like talking. Good. I like asking questions. I like learning about people. Yep. Um, even stuff like learning how to do the, the sound setup and the, the lights and this paneling. and Like, this is all very fun for me. Yeah. And, and I honestly feel like more comfortable doing the actual recording. Um, I'm like streaming myself on Twitch. So he's here. If I say something really dumb, I can edit it out. <laughs> and it's live I'll on be Twitch, a lot right? More comfortable. <laughs> okay. Not that yeah. I said anything bad on Twitch, but you know, it's it, it, it's sometimes hard to to um, for me at least to to phrase things in the way that I intend or like want to get across. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I miss the mark, especially in like conversational settings. No, definitely. So like, is Twitch, does it stay there forever? Can people go back and watch it or is it always I live? It, I think it goes away after a while. Okay. But somebody can like clip it and then it stays forever. Okay. Yeah. So it can go away. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, what I, what I want out of the podcast, like I said, I want to have fun. I want to learn about people. I like asking questions like building new skills, but I want to build, Here, here's the vision, here's the vision. <laughs> who you know, so I want it to be about who we know, right, mm -hmm. who they know, who they know, it kind of becomes like a, like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon, kind of <laughs> where we just have this big map of who all these people know. We understand the relationships to each other and to who they know and to who they know yeah. and just building it out from there. I, I love the idea of being able to like visually map this connection, this this web yeah. between us all. And I think it's super cool, like the way that that humans form connections. Yeah. Like you said six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I've always heard like if you send a letter to someone, it will like get I don't know if it's like to like someone else that you know, like within six people or something. Like if they send it to people they don't know, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, 
I'm imagining like the big neural networks mm -hmm. and like, I get why it's called networking or like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, lo I love meeting new people, but like I said, I'm like introverted, but very curious maybe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I, uh, this, this whole like introvert extrovert thing, I think it's so, oh, it's hard. I don't, I don't know how real it is because I, I think for me, it's more of like a spectrum, more of like a spectrum, right? <laughs> and this is like the introvert side. So my alone time, yeah. this is when I'm hanging out with people. I have the most energy when I'm in the middle. So like, let's say during the pandemic, mostly alone. Yeah. Um, and that's very low energy. Mm -hmm. Hanging out with people once, and I feel like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> I love it. Give me more people. But if I were to like go to a party five times a week, I would be way over on the southern spectrum, and I'd be low energy again. So if yeah. I'm close to like either end, I'm not feeling good. But if I'm, if I'm striking up some balance, it's it's just like I'm unstoppable. You can't stop me, at least. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm similar. So like the. Something I've heard said before is I'm like an extroverted introvert, if that makes sense. This so is like why I think the whole thing is <laughs> it's like when I'm in a small group, it's probably when I'm the most energized, like you're saying. So like four to five people is like my prime amount of people to be with. And I'm like talking a bunch or like participating in the conversation a bunch. One on one is actually harder for me, but alone I absolutely hate. Like mm. I do I hate being alone. And so um I don't know. I agree. It's probably a spectrum, but then I think about like, it's for me, I'm just thinking about like, how good am I at keeping a conversation going? Like, it's probably, like I said, the small group of people when I would seem extroverted, but like almost on the other sides of like groups of people, it might seem like I'm more introverted, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Another thing that I do that I feel the introvert, extrovert thing doesn't appropriately capture is if I'm like in a meeting, I will not talk if I feel like the other people in the meeting have got it covered. Yeah. Like, let's say, um, let's say like a, a certain point isn't getting covered or whatever, that's when I'll step in and, and I'll lead a meeting too. Like if I, if I feel like I'm, if I feel like nobody else in the room will do an adequate job, yeah. I'll step in, take total charge. And I, I enjoy both of those aspects, but I will, I will totally delegate the entire meeting if, if I feel like I'm not going to add anything that someone else can add. And I don't feel the need to like, display my own expertise. I'll just let other people take that. And then when there are times when there's nobody to answer a certain question or whatever, then I would step in. Yeah. And I, I don't, this is just more evidence that I, I think the introvert, extrovert thing doesn't capture the, the entire Yeah. And mine, yeah. so like mine also depends on, I want to call it like social hierarchies, like managers, I might have trouble speaking up in meetings if I'm with them but if I'm with like P 
people, my colleagues, my like, or even like interns, like, I feel like I talk a lot. Like those types of meetings are very different for me where like, I feel, I feel more confident maybe in the meetings where there's more people my age. Um, so the hierarchy kind of, affects, yeah, I, it definitely affects like my level of comfort talking to people, I guess. I don't think that impacts me at all. I even remember this was like this past week, I was in a meeting and uh, one of the directors that was on the call mentioned something about like one of the VPs and he was like, yeah, but if that, you know, VP asks you to do it, then, you know, you feel a bit more of that fear in you or whatever. In my head, I was like, I cannot relate to that. I think the hierarchy really, I mean, I feel like I just have a beer with the, the CEO or whatever, and just not even, Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just not something that I feel like I, I actively think about. That can be good. Huh? That can be a good thing. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I also feel, well, yes, I, I think you're right. I think it is good because it means I don't get nervous mm -hmm. uh, when talking with people that are above me in the hierarchy. Um, but it's also bad to say, I think there's, you know, there's certain social cues and social norms that I miss the mark on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've always been a, a little bit behind the curve at least until like early adulthood on that kind of stuff. Okay. Like I didn't know the proper ways to talk to people. Okay. Um, probably because I grew up in the forest and was raised by wolves. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I was always a little bit behind on that. And then I hit early adulthood and I guess, I guess like my mid twenties when I became a consultant and then I grew very quickly. Yeah. But I feel like I still don't always have the right perspective on who I'm talking to. Like I'm good at knowing an individual's motivations and likes and mannerisms, but I'm bad at remembering things like what school they went to, what sport team they like. Um, like I know Dan likes sports, but I couldn't tell you. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you what teams he likes or what state pretty much anyone is from mm -hmm. or what school pretty much anyone went to because that kind of information just slides past me. It goes way over my head. Hmm. Yeah. But I know how to, to talk and connect. And yeah. That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, those connections. Yeah, what's your name? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't even know. I just know you, right? I just know you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm always scared when I see people. Like, I live in the city I grew up in. I'm always scared if I see someone from my high school. Like, do I remember their name? Like, that will dictate almost whether I'll make eye contact or not. If I remember their name, then it's okay to make eye contact. But if I don't remember their name, I'm just going to try to avoid them. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. My... I'm so bold about not remembering names. Are you just like, I don't remember your name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll, I'm more likely to say, 
I'm totally blanking right now. What's your name? Okay. Yeah. But really, you're not blanking. You don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just blanking. Right? Yeah. Blanking, I mean, it's, it's blanking forever. Blanking. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, <laughs> I guess I, I'm picturing a context where I would know the person's name sometimes, but yeah. maybe I've forgotten it. I mean, if you yeah. don't see someone for a decade or whatever, like, you're not gonna... It'll be hard. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know, have you heard of like the Enneagrams, like Enneagram, I don't even know if I'm saying that word right, like two, Enneagram six, like these are people's personality types. I have no idea what mine are. Okay. We should, we should figure out what we are for next, next time. We could do a personality test. Yeah. And, but another thing that I feel is kind of like that is like astrology signs. And so, Yeah. I know nothing about my astrology sign. Is that something you're... <laughs> um, good God. I, what time? So we, we had a little clock set up, audience. And it went away. But it, it like went away, <laughs> and so we don't even know. Okay, we're good on time. Yeah, so uh, I do know my astrological sign. Listen, I think astrology is bogus. However... Let's talk about why it might still be good and even useful to look into. And this this goes for like tarot cards, other uh, uh, <laughs> you know you know. What this is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the audio listeners, I did something really cool, and Elisa is just not familiar. With it was really cool. Um, she. Uh, <laughs> But no, here, here's here's why astrology, here's why um, tarot cards, um, things of that nature are, are worth looking into, potentially useful. We have created for ourselves a completely biased uh, um, feedback environment, right? So you have friends that you talk to, you have yeah. family that you reach out to when you want to. That's all been selected for you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know something about yourself, you're always getting it from like a source that, that you've already picked. So that's a biased response, yep. right? But if you use something like a set of tarot cards, yeah, you've selected the set of tarot cards, but the response is randomized. So it's giving you a perspective, a random perspective, and that, is unbiased and useful because you get to view yourself through uh, through this lens that that you didn't self-select. You're not talking to your 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 boyfriend for his thoughts on something. You're not talking to your best friend yeah. for his or her thoughts on something. You're you're getting some perspective randomized. You know, assuming you shuffled well enough on your situation and you can do uh, you know whatever you want with that perspective but at least you're 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 seeing something from a different angle than what you would otherwise yeah so i guess i'm not super familiar with tarot cards i know like what they are kind of but is it kind of a generic statement or thought and then you kind of interpret it into your own life 
Um, it depends on the person doing the reading. Okay. Uh, so, so I have a deck of tarot cards and I've got a book that gives like, here's what this card means. Here's what this card might mean. If there's this other card on the board, there are different readings you can do, like different patterns of laying out the cards. Mm -hmm. what each, sorry, what each white spot means for that pattern what it means if the card's upside down, like all that kind of stuff. And they get quite specific. Okay. Like, usually it'll be like, this card means blah, 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 blah. It could also mean this other thing. If you're doing a romance reading, it could mean this. Hmm. If you're doing a finance reading, it could mean this. Gotcha. A general reading, this. So it, it is quite specific. I think where the the vagueness comes in is actually from the person who's having the reading done because they'll interpret it. They'll try to interpret it in a way that fits their situation. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, I mean, the, the a person trying to like self, they're trying to like apply it to, to whatever they're thinking about in their heads. And I think that's where, unfortunately, a lot of the, the vagueness comes in, at least with tarot cards. I think horoscopes, like, if you're Scorpio, then yeah. such and such. I think that is more in the horoscope. It tends to be pretty vague. Yeah, that's, like, I guess what I was kind of thinking of, yeah. Yeah. So they both have their weaknesses in that regard. But let me talk about another reason why okay, yeah. these things are worth looking into. Uh, if we ever are are looking into something like tarot cards or you know the patterns of the stars when you were born uh and if we do find that there is a link between that and other aspects of reality that can't be explained through physics as we know it then that may suggest that we need to look into something there um, you know, physicists need to explore, like, let's say tarot cards are real and, and, and that they explain reality. Yeah. Physicists may need to look into why that is. And if we're, if we're living in a simulation, which is, I know, something that a lot of people have been thinking about ever since the Matrix came out, but if we're living in, and probably before that, <laughs> if we're living in a simulation, um, like actual simulations, like you know, video games or other simulated environments, they, um, in order to procedurally generate an environment, they'll use what's called a like a key. So it's like a random string, let's say like eight characters, and um, based on that that string, that key, uh, the software is able to generate the environment. And if you if you change that key in any way, you get a totally different environment, right? And the way that it's propagating that environment is it uses that key as like a, a way to randomize it. But if you were to use the same key again and regenerate, you would get the same exact environment. Okay. So if we find something that appears to be, although not directly related, but appears to explain reality in some way, we may have stumbled onto a key and that would give evidence that we are living in a simulation. 
So another way that we could see if we're living in simulation is if we find a glitch, mm -hmm. right? Uh, or if we find an Easter egg. So like the person or persons or, or machine that created the simulation decided to embed some secret yeah. hidden somewhere. If we found that and it were obvious, then we would, we would understand the simulation. So that's like another, in my mind, like useful application of looking into these things. Mm -hmm. And I don't think tarot cards are the answer. I don't think astrology is the key. That's that's in part generating uh, reality. Yeah. Like the star that I'm born under it isn't dictating my personality. Mm -hmm. But if it did, and, and we were able to, to find that link, then that could be evidence of some kind of generator key in effect. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that is probably over my head, but oh, <laughs> just, <no. laughs> just like, all, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I've never thought about a simulation before, which is why I don't like, I haven't read a lot of stories or people's opinions on it. But yeah. I like, I like simulation theory because I, I think it doesn't conflict with any other belief system that I'm aware of. And it also gives me some kind of excitement that one day I could find something like an Easter egg. Yeah. And I, I, I've done international travel for the purpose of... Really? Yeah, maybe we'll save that for another yeah. another episode, because I'm, I'm like really excited to story. tell that story. It's, it's one of my favorites. Okay. But, um, yeah, like I, I went on a spiritual journey to to try to find an Easter egg. Okay. And boy, was that a journey. Yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but for today, uh, I'm so thankful for everyone that stuck around and listened to us. Yeah, thanks. Um, I pray that the audio was was appropriate. Um, we're, we're working in the studio. I promise it'll get better over time. So thanks again for joining us. This is the Who You Know podcast. I'm Ryland Deemer. And I'm Elisa Wilde. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe. Um, like our video. Share it around. Um, we are eager to get this off the ground and are excited to bring people into our fold. So thanks again.